Easter, what comes to mind? Bright colors, new clothes, plastic eggs, a creepy bunny, or is it that annual trip to church? Easter is always viewed as a happy time, the official start to spring, warmer weather and longer days. But do we really stop and ponder about the significance of that day? Do we ever truly understand the joy this day should represent? We celebrate our independence on July 4th, but is it possible that this day is the day we should truly find our freedom? And what about Good Friday? What's so good about it? Do we even know? Many times it passes without so much as a second thought. It is just the opening act to the big event on Sunday, right? But what if Friday never happened? What if the greatest story never told was the same story that we have heard every spring for our entire lives? What if the familiar passages we can almost recite by heart were really meant to be kept there? Have we spent our entire lives looking for the answers to all of life's questions while they are actually hiding in plain sight like a bright golden egg in fresh uncut grass? Today we reflect on the significance of Jesus, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, and what it means or should mean for everyone. Welcome to the Religion Podcast with Adam and Blake, where a couple of broken dudes ask a bunch of questions about the answer and the life that comes with living for it. Religion Podcast, episode 12. I'm Blake. I'm Adam. And I'm looking at the date. It is March 26th, 2021, as of recording this. And so we're going to go ahead and say, Happy almost Easter, everyone who's listening. (laughs) Um, Easter is approaching and... Hopping down the bunny trail. Yes, to to really just drive that whole illusion home. And whenever I think of bunnies, I also think of the old Cadbury bunny commercials that still refuse to change their commercials every year. They're just like, I don't even care. Well, you know, they changed it it this year. They did? I haven't seen them. A whole other conversation for a whole other day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see this is one of the great things about not having cable is i don't see the cadbury commercials i just assume there's still the ones from 1989 where they put the bunny ears on the line yeah this and they're trying to rehearse they're trying to audition to be the bunny it's a little different the, it's right. a little more pc that's a little more that's another conversation for another day yeah so 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 what don't we go watch it do, <laughs> so what we usually do is we usually for the religion podcast we usually have something that's uh that can be a little bit topical that can be a little uh I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, controversial in some ways. But this is the first time that we've had a podcast to where the the choice of what to talk about was just so obvious because yep. this is Easter is the foundation. This, I mean, if it's if we don't have Easter, we don't have a podcast because we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. It's, True that. it's the foundation of our of our entire faith and our entire salvation and we we can't not talk about it now how are we going are we going to talk about it in the way that possibly your pastor is going to talk about it no probably not probably not he knows more what he's talking about yes so so we're we're gonna kind of talk about this thing in whatever the religion podcast way looks like and uh 
you know, it's one of those, it's one of the, at least, and I'm going to get into this more later, but this is one of those days that the significance of it has grown on me as I've grown. Like the more, yeah. the more years I live, the more I appreciate this day. <laughs> yeah. The more you and, look forward to it. Yes. Or like yes. feel its weight, I guess. Yes. Or its I impact. Yes, for sure. And so one of the things that we wanted to do just to kind of uh, kick off this episode is Adam took the liberty of finding some very, uh, very sort of profound, you know, we talk about the weight of this day. And Adam found several quotes from several very uh, notable people. Some of them are actually from scripture, some of them from, uh, you know, notable pastors, people like that, that really kind of hammer home the weight of what we're going to be talking about and the significance of this day. Because if we really think about it, like, is there, has there been a more impactful day in the history of humankind? Like what day, what event has had more? Yeah. What days stick out like in your life? Like the original intro to this talked about some of those days in history. Um, And so we may do a blog on that. So if you're listening you know, be looking for that if it's not already out. But, um, you know, obviously September 11th for people in our generation is the day that sort of time stood still. Mm-hmm. Um, for earlier generations, it was the JFK assassination or, you know, it's not always a bad event, but a lot of times it is uh, some sort of tragedy. But, you know, even the moon landing, you know, things where it was like, wow, this is a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things are different now. We've landed on the moon. Uh, you know, we have cell phones, you know, the, the day that the iPhone came out, you know, that's that things like that. Even sometimes you live in those days and don't even realize it was a significant day until you look back. Exactly. And you go, wow, that was, that was a big deal. Yeah. So obviously there are important days in American history and world history, but I, I, I would think for anyone who is a believer, especially, but even if you're not, the the day or the celebration of the day of Easter and the Holy Weeks leading up to it, the events that happened uh, leading up to the resurrection are obviously still talked about all these mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. And in the in the way that they're either praised or constantly discredited. Uh, yes. The fact that Jesus still remains shows that you know there's something there. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that this story is still here, the fact that we still celebrate it. So I think there's just something special about something that uh, that stands that long. Yeah. It's yeah. unique because, you know, we live in a world now that, you know, the, the hottest story in Hollywood is over in a week. Nobody yeah. even knows what it is. It's then it's something else. And yeah. so for thousands of years, you know, we've talked about this, we've yeah. celebrated it. But do we really understand the significance of it and the significance and, that the man Jesus placed in history yeah. in, in only 33 years. And the, and the, and an interesting thing about it is that, you know, Christianity is, is not the oldest faith in our history. It's not the one that's it, the reason why Christianity and Jesus is so significant is because he was the first he, he was around the longest or Christianity has been around the longest. There have been faiths that obviously predate Christianity and there have been some that have come, you know, after Christianity. And yet 
Christianity is the one that has had the most impact on the world at large. And like I said, if you like, it's kind of like you mentioned, you know, people, unless you're, unless you may be one of these people who live in, you know, kind of these, these far off remote places that have no, that have no concept of who Jesus is. Like if you live Mm -hmm. in something resembling the modern world, then you're eventually going to have to like, you're going to have to do something with that. Yeah. You're going to have to decide where you put him. Yes. In history and, and in your life. He, he, he was, and I guess probably technically is a problematic stand-up comedian, but I think I forwarded you this thing from uh, Louis CK, who was talking about Christianity, who was talking, jokingly talking about how like Christians won. And then he's like, do you, would you like, he's like, oh, you don't believe me? What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, you know, like the everything the, the, points back to the life of Jesus. Point, like time exactly. literally was separated before Christ, and a lot of people say after death, but that's not correct from everything I did. I've for seen a long it's, time. it's actually anno anno domini, which is the year of our Lord. So, so you know, if it's after so death, the more, so this is this is where you cue that star from the old NBC commercials. The more you know, now you know. <laughs> So exactly. you got that now. Uh, so, so you, like you said, you compiled some quotes about the significance and the death of the resurrection of Christ. I know that this first one is from a guy that, uh, that you kind of turned me on to as far as a pastor goes, somebody who, you, whose opinion and wisdom you sort of respect in a lot of ways, as far yeah. as Bible teaching and things like that. It's Mark Driscoll. And he says, Jesus Christ today is the most extraordinary, the most loved and hated, the most widely considered person in all of human history. More songs have been sung to him, more paintings painted of him, and more books written about him than anyone who has ever lived in the history of the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's a crazy thought to think about. I don't think he's I don't think he's wrong, and it's so interesting to say that he most loved and and hated. Yeah, most polarizing, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most polarizing figures ever. Uh, yeah, there's another quote by Philip Brooks. Why don't you read that? Sure. Okay, so uh, this is from Philip Brooks. Love was compressed for Phillips all history. Brooks, actually, Phillips Sorry. Brooks. My apologies. Yeah. Love was compressed for all history in that lonely figure on the cross, who said that he could call down angels at any moment on a rescue mission, but chose not to, because of us. At Calvary, God accepted His own unbreakable terms of justice. Uh, I'll go ahead and take this next one too. This one is actually from Scripture. This is uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse two. Uh, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. Um, Watchman Nee, this is a uh, an interesting quote. Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. Once again, kind of tying in that, you know, the, the change in time, but you know, our history, no hope. And then Jesus was, you know, the hope. Uh, kind of like Star Wars, right? Where's Dallas when you need him? Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, hope. our friend Dallas. Yeah. Uh, super, super nerd Dallas from our vaccine episode that who we chimed in for. Now, this next one, you can read it, but I really love the the uh, sort of the metaphor. and the, Like the imagery, yeah. Yeah, the, the cross for sure. is the lightning rod of grace that short-circuited God's wrath 
to Christ so that only the light of his love remains for believers. That's from A.W. Tozer. I want to read that again. The cross is the lightning rod of grace that short-circuited God's wrath to Christ so that only the light of his love remains for believers. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say, that's a lot. <laughs> that's yeah. That, you know, that's a, that, that's a whole thing. You, you could do almost a whole episode on it. You could do a like whole that. episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, we're not even going to try to break it down, but that is, yeah, uh, that, that's what great, an image. Yeah. And then something is, uh, you know, someone who, another quote that you found is from someone that a lot of you who are listening to this, obviously probably know as a Billy Graham, where he said, God proved his love on the cross. When Christ hung and bled and died, it was God saying to the world, I love you. And that is, that is a, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, now that we've been, you know, considering that we've had some years under our belts and we've had, you know, we've gotten into our faith a lot more. Like there's a lot of people who would look at an act like that and how can you find love in something so awful? The yeah. idea that you, this person is being hung and bled and died. It's like, you don't think of, when you think of things like that, you don't immediately think, oh, that's love right there. But yeah, this is, well, you know. Back to that, like, the lightning rod quote, because it's kind mm-hmm. of going to get into our next segment. Yeah. Like, it's such an awesome image to think like between heaven and earth, Mm -hmm. Jesus hung and he was the only thing worthy. Yeah. And he stood above us. He hung above us, above Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. uh, Figuratively, figuratively and literally and literally, literally, but he hung above all those other people who had seemingly no hope. Uh, mm-hmm. on their own and, and and he became the object of that wrath but also the object of the grace for those for them because yeah. without Jesus in between they all deserved what he got mm-hmm. they all deserve death they all deserve hell but yeah. god sent the only thing that could you know it, it, I don't know, like you, you can kind of almost go into like some superhero stuff and say, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, you watch these Marvel movies or something and you see these, you know, Iron Man or Thor or whoever fighting and you're mm-hmm. like, how can they, you know, obviously he's not going to die because, you know, he could fall off of the tallest building and he just gets up, you know, and it's like, how, you know, how can he endure this? But like mortal men could not. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like God looked around and said, is there anyone that can, can stand the wrath that man deserves. And Mm -hmm. Jesus was the only one that could because he was, he was God. And so it was like, I'm going to give you what they deserve because if I give them what they deserve, nobody will be left standing. Yeah, exactly. And not just like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Like that's the thing about, that's the thing about Easter. And that's the thing that I hope that, people who are listening to this uh, either start to realize or just re-realize if that's, that's not even a word. I just made it up, no, but it's religion. Just, so popular. Re- yeah, exactly. So it's just like the idea that we should, th- you know, think about what, 
could have what our fates could have been yeah think about what you know think about living in a world where jesus never came Mm -hmm. like ever and there was no you know and we didn't know of anybody or think about think about a world where any part of this story is you know you take some of the the details that or like some of the significant parts of the easter story away it changes everything they mm-hmm. all have to be there yeah. for us to have the hope that we have and i i know the scene i'm thinking of in my mind now that i was trying to think of it's yeah. the scene in endgame when when hulk puts on the 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 gauntlet the glove and he's like yes I was made for this. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I was made from, from this energy. So like, yeah, I'm the only one that can stand it. So yeah. let me do it. You know, yeah. I, th- this is what I was born for, you know, like it's almost like that imagery. Now I'll never watch that movie the same. Cause like, yeah, like, you know, God's going, who can handle it? And Jesus is like, I'm the only one. I'm, yeah. I, I was born for this in me. So mm-hmm. that therein lies our question to this next part. Why do you think that it had to be Jesus? Why did it have to be a blood sacrifice? Did you ever wonder if there could have been another way? Um, God created everything. Mm-hmm. He destroyed it all in, you know, a flood yeah. within just a, you know, a few years. And eight people survived. He saved the Israelites millions of times. But like all these times, he was always more powerful. Like he created the world. So, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term, why not just flex on everybody and say, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to fix it. Like yeah. why send your son? Yeah. Why yeah, send Jesus? Yeah. Like if I'm a father and I'm saying I can fix this myself or I can send my son mm-hmm. to be punished, killed, crushed, ultimately by me. I'll just send him like that's I think that's where that that song reckless love kind of tries to go is like there's a song out there that says what a strange way to save the world I can see why people have a little bit of a problem at times looking at at this on the surface and saying man God seems like you know a really bad selfish guy you know like Mm -hmm. he could have saved it himself but instead he you know he sent his son yeah to be killed and he was the one that basically was pouring out the wrath on him. Like, what kind of God is this? You know, some people have problems in the old Testament with like, God seems like an awfully mean person. Yeah. But like when he sends Jesus, do you almost sense that? And I don't know if this is right, but sometimes I almost sense that it's like the nature of God changes a little. And I don't know that that's biblically accurate. And I, some people would probably throw in their phone right now, but yeah, it, it's like when he, when his, when, when grace came into the picture in the form of Jesus, the way that God reacted with man was different from that point on old Testament, new Testament. Yeah. It's well, so I, so this is something that I was actually going to talk about in a later segment, but I kind of, uh, kind of pulled it up here because you're, it's just kind of touching on this. I guess, I guess one of the things is like, there's people that think about uh, think about think about God, and it's like, does the nature of God change? I would say it doesn't change with Jesus, but maybe it's just like revealed in different ways with Jesus. Like, I don't know did, if that's even. Did your nature change accurate. as a man 
like, do you think that inside, deep inside, you were still the man that you are before you had children, but that child changed the way that, that you displayed it? Yeah, I like, guess I, can't, I I understand what you're saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, like, it, yeah. it's almost like because he, you know, now the system is grace. Before the mm-hmm. system was law. Yeah. And it was a God of law and it was mm-hmm. commandments. And, and, you know, and I sometimes think we get that wrong and we say, well, God was just rules. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I think we miss that sometimes. And we say, you know, God chose this one group of people out of all these other people. How unfair of him. You know, yeah. Why would he just choose them? And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but like, yeah, uh, you know, that he did that. And I'm thinking, I, I, I feel like he did it for a purpose besides just to say, I pick you. Like he mm-hmm. did it because he needed, he, he didn't need, but he wanted a people who loved him that would follow him that he could use to tell the world, to change all yeah. the other nations. And he chose yeah. this small, tiny nation because if he chose a big one, everybody would say, well, obviously they're more powerful because they're the biggest. And he yeah. chose this small people. And he said, out of you, I'm going to change the world if you'll let me work through you. And yeah. then they kind of messed it up. You know, they just mm-hmm. kept going, oh, well, we're supposed to be following these laws and, you know, these yeah. rules. And, you know, then it's all about the rules and let's make rules about the rules. And he's like, no, the rules were to keep you all in line, mm-hmm. to protect you, to make you different than the rest of the world so that the world would look at you and go, wow, what's different about them? Yeah. There must be something going on. What's the source of your strength? Yeah. But instead they turned the law into their God. Yeah. So that's why Jesus had to come, I think, because he was the only thing that was, that would suffice. Yeah. So there's, so what you're talking about is interesting because you're talking about like why Jesus, why do this the way that he, why God chose to do this the way that he chose to do it. And there's this really interesting uh, video that I found on YouTube from a guy like named Matt Whitman. He has a YouTube channel called the 10 minute Bible hour, which I actually would uh, recommend checking out. It's actually where I found, uh, you know, he kind of recommended some study Bibles. He found and it's where the one that I'm currently using. Our should but, be called um, the 10 hour Bible minute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but he had a video that was called top seven times God stacked against the stack, the deck against himself on purpose. And it mentions some things like the fact that, uh, you know, some of the things that you may mention later, like, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, the, you know, the feeding of the, uh, was it the 5,000? 5,000. 5,000. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Not I haven't read that part yet, but, uh, (laughs) so, so, so it's the top seven and the number one was Jesus and the gospels and Jesus, you know, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which he said, quote, was the ultimate example of this motif of stacking the deck against God's self for his own glory. So Hmm. he said, like, and he kind of mentions this, you would talk about, you go back to the superhero references. He said, like, God could have just like come down like Superman and just been like, and it's like, he had that capability, but Jesus, yeah, Jesus could have done that. Jesus could have said better than all y'all watch this. but instead yeah. he's like, no, I'm, I'm like all of you all, but I'm yeah. better. Like, I'm, I'm going to show you how you can do it better. It's like, it's like, you know, he's instead of sending like this, you know, giant, all powerful superhero, like he puts a baby Sent in a, a baby. Like yeah. what? Yeah. Like a baby can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
and you talk about God's character, and if you think about the fact that Jesus dying on the cross for our sins is goes back to two of what I would say are God's most commonly known character traits, which are his love and his justice. Like mm-hmm. he's a just God. Yeah. Some th- this is a sentence that needed to be carried out. Yeah. By someone or some True. people. Well, you know, as a yeah. father, if you don't follow through with with the punishment, mm-hmm. then you're a pushover. Yeah. Right. And they had perverted his law and completely missed the point and mm-hmm. ruined the relationship time after time after time. I mean, just read the book of Judges. It just keeps saying, and then the people did what was evil in the sight of God. The people did what was right in their own eyes. And mm-hmm. God had to punish them and then he forgave them and they came back and it's just this vicious cycle of, you know, we love you now. Oh, we're going to do our own thing. And it was like, this isn't working because the system that I set up to make you look at me and to draw you closer to me is actually the thing that you're using to, you know, you're almost using it to say, Oh God, you got to take me back. Right. Cause I did the X, Y, and Z, you know, and they were manipulating it. And, and he was like, no, it's not the point. Like the point is the relationship, not the rules. It's like, and hey, so he sent hey, Jesus God, to great. establish the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Hey, God, you're, hey, God, you're awesome. You're great. We love you. Uh, hey, y'all got some gold laying around. We need to build a calf. I think the calf is what we yeah. really need right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in this. Thanks for delivering us from slavery we, and from bondage. Um, so we have had a little bit of a technical issue. So if this seems a little bit jumbled together, that's why. But uh, I think Blake's Wi Fi went out. So we are <laughs> back and we're just going to try to pick up with the next point. So, um, yeah. What does what does the scripture have anything to say about kind of in the nature of why Jesus? Why this well, way? well, it's you know the the thing about scripture is that, and this is something that I've kind of learned more recently. The more that I actually go to church and read the Bible and things like that, is that you know I think there's a lot of people who look at the Old Testament and the New Testament as like you know like two part, you know, a a movie and a sequel or something like that. And it's like, it all ties together because two movies by the same director. Yeah. Kind of of different. Yeah. Because Jesus is prophesied in the old Testament and is fulfilled in the new Testament. So Isaiah chapter 53, verse seven, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And then as it's pointed out in verses in the new Testament, that, prophecy is fulfilled first uh, corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 for christ our passover was sacrificed for us once again talking about passover passover is a very much an old testament reference first peter chapter 1 verses 18 through 20 knowing that you were not redeemable by corruptible things but by the precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who truly was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for your sakes. I think it's funny that we, that people act like, you know, give me enough time. I'm going to fully understand like everything that God is up to or was up to and everything that he did. And you're going to, you know, there's going to be, we, people are going to go their entire lives as Christians and be like, I wonder why he sent Jesus then versus any other time in history. Or well, I did a, a personality 
thing the other day and one of the personalities that I feel like I related to was um, wonder. And you mm-hmm. and I had a discussion about that, that, you know, the person who is inspired to wonder sits and says, what mm-hmm. if, or why, or I wonder yeah. why this is this. Um, yeah. I don't think everybody has these thoughts like you and I do. Um, I think yeah. we do, but I think it's fleeting. I don't think they all always just keep keep it going like they go huh I don't sure, know sure never did know you yeah. know I just I just I just take it like it is and yeah uh, it just is what it is you know he yeah. it happened and I'm just going to accept it at face value and mm-hmm. like for those people I think wow what faith in a way yeah. like if you can just go I don't know um, but I'm in like mm-hmm. that that is either blind faith or it is um yeah you know I don't know if it's a, it can be a good thing or a bad thing to just say yeah sign me up but, you know, I tend to be, and I think you tend to be as well, somebody who sits and ponders on things. And, yes. you know, two or three days later, you're still going, man, I, well, but I never thought about this part. What about this? You know, and you're yeah. constantly kind of building this narrative to try to come up with the best understanding that makes sense to you. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't need it from some theologian. You know, obviously you can use that to build your your own personal doctrine, but yeah, I have to do it in a way that makes sense to me. So yeah, um, I, I kind of took this one and uh, I'm just going to read off what I wrote here to keep for, sure. for simplicity's sake. He had tried everything else up to that point to show them that he loved him. He loved them. Or close or close to it. Yeah, or close <laughs> to it. You know, he had, I mean, he had been more patient than, than he had to be. You know, he had created them. He placed Adam and Eve in a garden. Uh, they, you know, they acted on their own. They went against, you know, like if you have nothing to worry about, but just to hang out in a garden, a paradise, <laughs> and you can mess that up, then it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long humanity, long run for humanity because <laughs> we messed that up and we didn't get any better because it wasn't long that he destroyed it all and only saved eight souls. He saved Noah and his family. He chose an entire nation to be his representatives. And then they turned that into a competition. He allowed his people to conquer in the face of certain defeat against the greatest of odds. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you think about the the story where, you know, the the army was too large and, you know, God says, no, no, it it needs to be less. So it's, you know, Mm -hmm. just dwindling it down. The ones that do this are the ones that you need to take with you. And so he goes from thousands to 300 people. Yeah. And that army was victorious as long as they did it God's way because God was on their side, even though everyone else outnumbered them, you know, a hundred to one. And this, Uh, and this goes back to the whole, like God's, I think this may have been something that was even referenced in that video I mentioned earlier, God stacking against, against him. Exactly. Like if he can be the, the best team in the, in the tournament, nobody's going to be surprised when he wins. But if he's a Cinderella, you know, he puts that baby in a manger and says, mm-hmm. let this baby change the world. He doesn't put him in a palace. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just God has an interesting way of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. He rescued them from slavery. He knocked down the walls of Jericho. He parted the Red Sea. He provided food from the sky and food from the ground out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave them a land of promise so that they could be the light to the rest of the world and the rest of the nations. And still they missed the point. Um, and so the next question is, you know, I got, I got to ponder on this when I was writing this, Mm -hmm. why his son, why the firstborn, 
why why his his only son uh so i i sort of got to thinking back through scripture uh cain was the firstborn in the new evil world outside of the garden so the first children born were cain and abel cain was the first cain was he was evil cain killed abel we know the story uh so it's like the very first new person outside of the garden killed his brother the firstborn and so it was like from there on it was just downhill uh the firstborn received the blessing and the inheritance in those times. And so we know that story of Jacob and Esau and how, how that all went down. Uh, in Exodus, the killing of the firstborn was how Pharaoh tried to break Israel. And so he, you know, he, he said, well, you know, they're, they're becoming too numerous. Uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just do that. And then Moses gets hidden in, in the weeds and in the basket and gets rescued. And, you know, yeah. we know that story. Um, so it was how, Pharaoh tried to break Israel. And then ultimately it was how God broke Pharaoh, uh, yeah. which I had never really thought about this, the similarity there, um, yeah. you know, that, that Pharaoh, you know, Egypt tried to break Israel by killing the firstborn. And then God ultimately breaks Pharaoh by the killing of the firstborn. And yeah. then Herod did the same thing when Jesus comes along to try to get rid of Jesus, this new King, he orders the killing of the firstborn. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think it was also to remember the salvation that came from the firstborn by the blood that was celebrated through Passover. So you mentioned Passover was something that they celebrated all the time. Yeah. Uh, because the blood on the doorpost was what saved them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you had something that was around a holiday that we celebrated every year, like Easter, for, for example, uh, yeah. you would think we would remember. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be like, oh, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Right. So the yeah. similarity there that it was that was the firstborn, his only born, his only son, the blood is what saved him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a son of promise, Isaac. Um, and something that I think a lot of times we overlook in that is that God says, take your son, your only son, Isaac. He had Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Ishmael was actually the firstborn, but Isaac was the son of promise because Isaac was the son that God promised to him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And Abraham did things his way. And, you know, in inner Hagar and Ishmael and, you know, a whole generation of people, uh, you know, a whole culture uh, because of that. But, you know, it's like, because of that, that sacrifice, you know, God used that as a symbol Mm -hmm. to say, show me your devotion, your only son, Isaac, place him on the altar. Uh, How appropriate that God would send his firstborn son to earth to be a sacrifice, to provide a way back to the garden and build a relationship with God. It had to be through the son by the blood. There's no other way. I don't think like it was, it was like, he looked around and said, if there's any other way. And even Jesus in the garden praised this. He said, if, you know, if there's any way that this cup could pass for me, but if not, whatever your will is. And it was like, yeah. this has to be it. Yeah. So to, 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 to kind of put a book in on this a few years ago, I was, we were washing dishes uh, in the kitchen. Me and my boys uh, were doing the dishes and we were talking and, and I just, out of the blue, it was around Easter time. And I said, why do you think that God chose to send Jesus to die on the cross like he did? And he was probably five at the time. And he says, I don't know. That's a hard one. I don't know. <laughs> and I said, sounds a lot like you. <laughs> I know. And I said, man, I don't know either. I said, that's why I wanted your opinion on it. I just want to know what you thought. And he goes, hmm. He said, maybe he did it to show us that he really means it. And I was like, that's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, wow and i just like stopped doing what i was doing i was like 
that's yeah. it. You you got it, man. So transition yeah. to another Sometimes, segment. Yeah, this is, yeah, the other segment would be why why the cross? Yeah. Why did the King of Kings die as a criminal? Why the torture and the shame? And uh, you know, I got to thinking about this question. This is something that you kind of posed here. And the one thing that I kind of landed on was like, God sent his absolute best and people punished him like he was the worst. You know, he's, maybe that's because of what we are, which is sinners. And that's what our sin is. Our sin is the worst, you know, our sin is the thing that God detests the most is, you know, that's how he like, he disliked sin so much that this is one of the things that he did. And so it's, it's just, the more I think about Easter and the more I talk about Easter, just like, it kind of blows my mind, just the whole idea of what it all means. And what, I'll be honest until I sit down to write this. Yeah. I, I don't think it, I think it hit me in a different way working mm-hmm. on this than it yeah. ever had. Like it gave me a new kind of fire in my bones. It was like, man, this is a big deal. You yeah. Know, like this, this should not be something we just glaze over. So, yeah. um, yeah. And the thing, and the thing is interesting is, you know, you talk about, you know, like why the cross and why the torture and why the shame. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, Jesus was a radical figure of his time. Like he was going around saying some stuff that to the established order was just wild. Like you're, you're, he, the stuff that he's saying is so revolutionary for lack of a better word and groundbreaking and completely against what the norms were. Like, you know, technically, you know, one of the things that are, you know, the ha- that happens in situations like that where somebody is doing something that is against the established order is a lot of times they just get shot down. Jesus could have been walking down the street and somebody and somebody could have, you know, he could have been just assassinated and that's it. No, no torture, no shame. It's just like, this is a bad, this guy, we just, yeah, this guy's trouble. Let's just get, get him rid out of the way. As possible, you know, like just, you know, just get rid of him. Like, quietly. you know, yeah. very quietly and he's just going to disappear and we'll never see him again. And that's no more trouble. Yeah. And then, and the, you know, the more I think about it is like, but the public nature of it yes. was what told the story. Yeah. There's a, there's a passage in acts where Paul is, um, I don't know if he's on trial or he's arrested at this. He's under arrest uh, one of many mm-hmm. times and they, they're going to beat him. Um, and I, I don't know what, I can't remember the details of it, but uh, it's toward the end of Acts. And so like, we know the story of, you know, hopefully of Paul going and, you know, how he is converted. Um, mm-hmm. But Paul sits in jail in handcuffs, publicly mocked, tried, whatever, all yeah. these things. And it's like, he knows that he has an ace in his pocket, mm-hmm. but he waits until he has an audience to show it. And so uh, if you haven't read this, I challenge you to go read it because it's really okay. cool. So essentially what he does is Paul waits until there's an audience. And then he says, Oh, by the way, um, you can't, you can't beat me and you can't punish me because I'm a Roman citizen. 
and the law says you can't. Mm-hmm. And he like pulls out this trump card. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, why didn't you do that at the beginning? Like, why, why wait till now and mm-hmm. go through all this trouble and get everybody all stirred up? But he does it from the top of these stairs as they're leading him away in handcuffs. And he turns around and says, I was on my way to kill Christians. And then, you know, this happened and he tells his whole story, which like we've said, your story is the one thing they can't refute. Yeah. And he tells his story to all these people that are mm-hmm. just standing there. And then the guy yeah. says something to him and he says, Oh, are you a Roman? Uh, yeah. I see that you bought your citizenship. Um, I was born a Roman citizen. So what are you going to do about that? And they're like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Oh man, we got to let him go. What? And it was like, but he, w- yeah. he was like, I'm going to tell my story first. And so it's like, I think that's yeah. the whole thing of like, why didn't he just say, you can't take my life from me. I'm out of here. Or I'll show you, mm-hmm. you know, part of me wants to, wants Jesus to be like, I'll show you I'm God. Like, let me just, you know, but instead yeah, he just exactly. says nothing. He just stands there and lets him say it. It's like, whatever you say. Um, yeah. So, and, so there's uh, you, so you meant you referenced uh the book of Isaiah earlier. And once again, Isaiah also uh, foretold Jesus Christ's crucifixion as the center offering for the world. So uh, Isaiah chapter 53, this is kind of verses four through six and sort of 10 through 11 later. But uh, so the prophesied, prophesied, surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we ourselves are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each, turned each one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So continues here. Uh, yet the Lord willed to crush him and he has put him to grief. You shall make his life an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and that the purpose of the Lord might prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul. He shall be fully satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many and he shall bear their iniquities. So it's this, it's this idea that the the bearing of the bearing of our iniquities but like not in some like i mentioned before it's just like oh there's jesus walking down the street let's just get him and get him out of the way like that's not like to actually see the scars to see the the punishment that he took the torture everything else is like we god needed to show us what our sin kind of looked like Ooh, i like that that needs like, to be a quote this is what it's doing to my son right now. Like, this is what is happening because of it. This is what your sin looks like. I think that's just one of the situations. Yeah, exactly. This is what your sin looks like. like. So uh, go on to another, uh, second Corinthians uh, chapter five, verse 21 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So this is once again, alluding back to the fact that why the cross because sin had sin had to be punished and not punished necessarily i mean i don't you know like i said i'm never gonna fully wrap my head around it but apparently not punished quickly 
Like, yeah. Well, and it was not, the, it wasn't like he was the only person being crucified. Like that was the way yeah. they killed criminals. So it wasn't yeah. like he got special treatment and got lethal injection or got to yeah. wait out his life sentence in you know an island somewhere. Like he got the same treatment that the worst criminals got. Yeah, and that's another thing is that like the part of the part of the what showed you that the crucifixion was you know god sending his best and people punishing him like the worst is they actually like set him right between two of the worst Mm -hmm. you know there were two other people up there getting crucified as well and i think that all is this really coincidental no you know the fact that he's up there not just by himself but there are two other people up there with Mm -hmm. him and i think that the crucifixion and the cross gives at least whenever I was reflecting on it, gave me two moments that really stuck with me. One of them is like, said the King of Kings died as a criminal and he died between two criminals. And Mm -hmm. the cross was where you got to see God's character letting a repentant thief know that he was forgiven Mm -hmm. because Luke 23, verse 43. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And that was Mm -hmm. after that thief up there knew that this Jesus should not be here. Like, it's like, I should be here. He should not be here. And he knew, he, he knew, like, it's just one of those situations where, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we get saved is where you just know, like, you know, the sinner's prayer, like, Jesus, I'm a sinner, come and say, like, he had that moment. And he didn't, and he had it with a very physical Jesus, battered, bruised, and broken, and crucified, like beside him. Like he could look mm-hmm. into Jesus's eyes yeah. and tell him that he knew that, like, you don't belong here and that you're the Messiah. And then it's kind of like the leaving the 99 to find the one. Yeah. Like he would have done it all for just that guy. Yeah. And it's, and the fact that Jesus is up there completely scarred and bruised and bloody and all this stuff and probably doesn't have a ton of energy to speak anything and he lets him know that you're going to be joining me in paradise and people saw that like he didn't whisper it to him he did it you know it was it was audible to the point where somebody took it down and somebody documented it yeah and we look at the cross and say god why did you choose this way mm-hmm. to punish your son and he says i just sent him down there with you all and that yeah. was what and that was what you all did like yeah. i just didn't stop it that was god your nature said, yeah god sent his best and we punished him like mm-hmm. the worst and like then, there's a there's a passage where the the prophets go into the city and they killed them all um mm-hmm. and it was like how are we supposed to make a difference here like as soon as we send help you kill them yeah, like, that's what you do with God's son, with mm-hmm. you know, the best he has. Yeah. And so we said, God, what a what a bad way to treat your son. And he's like, Yeah, you all did it. <laughs> you know, he's you yeah. made the cross. You, you know, you had a chance to to change this, but you did what mm-hmm. your sin told you to do. You know, I think one of the things that makes people gravitate toward toward Jesus is because of his humanity. And the fact that he was, he would literally like walked in our flesh, walked in our shoes, went through all the things that we went through. I mean, not necessarily like, I'm just talking about the feelings and the emotions and everything else and the limitations of just being human. 
and yet he was still perfect and he was still God. But one of the things that I thought about was like the cross is where you got to see Jesus at his most human in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. because he cries out to God in a moment of just weakness and believing that God had just abandoned him. Yeah. You know, Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lemma, Sabachthani, which that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even though Jesus was God, you know, Jesus was, but still we the think son he had some sort of will. like super ability to just endure because he was Jesus, but he mm -hmm. was just as human as we are at the time. He yeah. was just committed to his mission that yeah. God had told him to do. And it was like, you know, if the, you know, when he prays in the garden, I go back to that all the time. And it's just like mm -hmm. when he's praying and he's just saying, that's a very I, human, that's another one of those really, yeah, really I, human moments. Like I tried to do like, my best. He even talks about the disciples and he says, you know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I done good with all of them except Judas. Um, but, you know, I, I, if there's any way that around this, I'm, I'm all ears, but if not, yeah, you know, I, I'm willing. You just think, you know, yeah, Jesus had some sort of special power that allowed this not to hurt or allowed him not mm -hmm. to feel it the same way that we would, but no. Yeah. And I think the, and then the other thing that's kind of the significance of, of the cross is, you know, we were reading through uh, the book of Ephesians and this is something that was referenced in that uh, 10 minute Bible hour segment that I was talking about earlier is that it kind of, it demonstrates the, the that video was talking about how Jesus dying on the cross and eventually rising again, demonstrates the things about his character and also sort of recalibrates the equation of salvation which is mm -hmm. just like you know you think about ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is a gift of god not the res a result of works so that no one may boast yeah and god didn't have to send him he did no. he just did jesus didn't have to come no. And, and you know the image of Jesus hanging between the the two thieves kind of yeah. familiar with the image of a baby laying in a barn mm -hmm. not the strange way to save the world right thank you for listening to the real legend podcast we hope that something that was said today inspires you to come to know God in a real way we would love to hear how God is using this podcast to help you on your journey so email us at realreligionpod at gmail.com that's r-e-a-l-i-g-i-o-n pod at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media thank you for your support